Hey guys, we're back. As you hear that sound, you know you're listening to the Survival Radio Network. My name is Clark Garrison, and this is the conversation. Guys, we run a little behind, so I'm going to get this thing moving. Our first guest, or should I say my first guest tonight, is a musician who's mastered the violin and against all odds became one of the most sought-after violinists in the South. Please welcome Detroit native, the very own Miss Joanna Johnson, right here on The Conversation. Joanna, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? There we go. We got you. We got you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, super fantastic. You know, it's truly an honor to have a musician of your caliber come on our show. Uh, I'm infatuated with the violin. Always have been, partially because I have no idea how to play it. (laughs) I hear that a lot. Um, Usually people say they played in elementary school, or that was their first instrument, and they didn't stick with it, or, you know, that they really love it. So I can say we both share that because I wanted to play the violin at a very early age, and I begged to play probably from the time I could talk. Well, I chickened out. I wound up playing the trombone for many years, which is totally on another stratosphere of drama. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> hey, for, for those who have not heard of, I, I guess I can say, because I've read your bio, I've been all over the place where I can find you, who have not heard of the physical hurdles you had to overcome to get to be the amazing musician you are today, can you let everyone know a little bit, just a tiny bit about your journey till that has gotten you where you are now? Well, um, as you say, I'm a Detroit native, born and raised. Um, I started playing the violin at the, around the age of seven or eight. Um, I went to a local community music school for private lessons. I learned in the Detroit public music school setting as well. And uh, at the middle school age, I started playing with a local symphony called the Detroit Symphony Civic Orchestra, which was a training symphony. And I went on to play professionally with the Detroit Metropolitan Orchestra. And from there, I kind of went on into adulthood um, where I was welcomed into the world of sickness and illness uh, when I got a diagnosis of lupus, Sjogren's syndrome, fibromyalgia, a rare non-Hodgkin's lymphoma called T-cell lymphoma, and, you know, several other little health issues that come along with the autoimmune family. Right, right. Wow. You know what? um, What I admire most about you and from what I've heard from folks who know you is that you have not once ever complained or or at least least publicly, you know, I know we all have our moments, but that's not something that you doesn't seem like your makeup, right? Um, you understood you had these things, and yet you still progressed and you still moved forward, and you still became the person you are today. What type of strength did it take for you to not give up and pack up and just say, you know what, I'm not going to be able to really have much of a life? You know, I, 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 I can only say it's divine intervention. Um, you know, as a human, we all go through ups and and down. Um, I have my my low moments like everyone else does, but I think what I keep in mind most is that whether I'm out doing what I love or I'm laying in this bed, 
um, I'm still going to have everything or or some of the issues that they they claim that I have. I'm still going to have something that I'm going to be dealing with. So why would I sit here and wallow in self-pity? At least if I'm doing what I love to do and I'm sharing that, I'm having fun. And you can't focus on the negative when you're doing that. So my goal is to not focus on the negative and just keep trying to live as full of a life as I can. You know, at least that's the point why most of us are here is to live a full life. Amen. Amen. Now, I've read that it was the one and only Ken Ford who changed her perspective of being a violinist here in Atlanta uh, full-time and just kind of re-energizing you. How did, he, how did he do that? What was it about Ken that said, you know what, this jazz kind of um, violin play has a place in, uh, in, in where I want to go? You know, it's kind of interesting because I had moved to the Atlanta area um, due to health. I was no longer able to walk on my own in Michigan. I, unassisted, I had to use a cane or some type of device to be mobile, and I needed to get out of the cold. So when I moved here, someone mentioned his name to me. Of course, I had not heard of him um, up north, and we met out at a show to see him, and I met him that night. He stuck a violin in my hand immediately and said, "Let me let me hear you play what's on this radio right now. Just play something." Wow. And I did, and and our friendship grew from there. And to watch Ken, if anybody has seen him perform, you know what it's about. If you haven't, shame on you. Um, this man is phenomenal and full of energy, and he definitely puts on a great. Show he's a great performer, and that kind of woke everything up in me. Like this is what you've always loved to do. Why are you not doing it? So from that point on, I've had a violin very close to me. I don't care if I'm stuck in the bed; my violin is in the bed with me. <laughs> that's now that's deep. I that's love that. Yeah, that's love right there. I mean, and I get that because that's how I was with my instrument. It it, it went with me wherever I went. It was a part of me. Um, wow, I love that story. And, and those who do know Ken Ford know that that's the type of person he is. Um, I, we have the fortune of having him on our network um, about a week from now, so I can't wait to chat with him about you. But not everyone finds himself being drawn to, say, the violin. What was it about this instrument, right, that possessed your heart? You know, I can't tell you as a child what it was. Uh, my parents tell me that I asked from the time I could speak. Um, I just know that now, the person that I am now, the violin speaks to me because it's such a uh, an emotional instrument, and I'm an emotional person. You know, I, I definitely like touching people. I like making people laugh. I like making people feel good. And to me, there is no other instrument um, that is soothing enough to do that in a, in a very pleasant way. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of other instruments you can do that also, and we have some phenomenal musicians that play other instruments and are able to do that as well. But to me, the violin was the easiest instrument to do that. And being that I am somewhat of a, a shy person, the violin is quiet like I am, you know. It, but it can also have a big voice when needed, and and that's that that is the the greatest depiction of who I am as a person. Um, the violin is so I think that it was almost destined that we would be one and the same. Hey, I'm always curious, uh, and I'll ask you this: Who, who are some of the fav- your favorite violinists uh, that have influenced you over the years? Um, so many. Um, I grew up around Regina Carter, 
um, Gerald Damien, uh, Noel Pointer was my absolute undying favorite, and of course John Luponte and, and several others, Doug Smith and some of the older um, violinists that a lot of people don't aren't, aren't as familiar um, with Eddie South. You know, these were the violinists that I I knew and loved, and uh, they kept that that fire kind of burning for me. You know, to be able to hear the violin do things other than just in a classical setting, you know, being right. taught in, in that setting, you're reading off a of paper, there's no creativity involved, you know, just what you're trained to do and to see people do things on the violin that are against the grain is just absolutely wonderful to me. Tell me a little bit about your involvement as I find out, because we're doing a live remote in Macon for this, so I guess you and I will certainly get a chance to see each other then, but you're going to be in the urban musical Rimshot. How did you land uh, that role or that part that you're going to be playing it? Oh, my God. Um, I actually took my daughter out to see the play when they did their debut uh, viewing of the play, and we absolutely enjoyed it. It was a subject that was very close to my heart, being a woman in this type of industry that is very male-driven, male-dominated. I thought that they perfectly portrayed some of the pitfalls and dangers that can be associated with this industry, whether you're male or female, but specifically as a female. And uh, I met the director and, you know, the executive director of the play, the writer of the play, and um, for some reason we all just vibed, and they wanted me to be a part. And um, I, as the weeks progressed, they have slowly but surely been bringing me into the fold, and I'm actually now going to be an active cast member in the play, and I'm really looking forward to that, really looking forward to that. 